If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, and obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Coaches, welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. This is TJ Rosine alongside Graham Maxwell. Uh, before we get started today, and actually our sponsor today is going to lead us right into what we're going to talk about. So if you haven't checked out our friends at Shot Tracker, uh, what gets tracked, what gets measured, gets done, what are you tracking, what are you measuring? So specifically today, uh, Graham, we're going to talk about what should you track, what should you measure. You know, And I know every team has a different approach to this. But um, and this is something, an area I think we need to get better at as a team, something we need to do a better job of. Even when we've uh, just stepped aside and tracked or measured something, it's made a big impact. One that goes, you know, I think about, um, we don't do this one every day, but earlier in the season you recommended we, we track high fives, and we did, and when nobody knew we were tracking it, right? So I don't really think tracking high fives every day necessarily is – a great thing to track. I think it's one of those ones you sporadically put on so that you really get a gauge of what players are doing rather than the peer pressure of what are, what are you, you know, you should be doing this every single day. But we tracked high fives in one of our practices and uh, it was astonishing. Like two players were uh, just light years ahead of everybody else in the number of high fives they gave. But really the shock on other people's faces, like how far they were off, I think they were thinking like, Hey, I'm being a great teammate. I'm leading. But you saw four or five guys that wanted to be leaders looking around like, are you serious? I only got eight, and that guy got 62. You know, like it was just – and I thought that light bulb really helped some players. And, you know, you could say it till you're blue in the face. Let's give some high fives. Let's do that. But then when you track it or you measure it and, like, all the other things we're going to talk about and you track and measure, things get done even better. But high fives stood out to me as one we tracked earlier in the year. Yeah, I think one of the things that go along with that, and, and I'd be willing to bet with any stat that you know coaches out there do or any stat that we've done, my mind has kind of been like changed a little bit or blown a little bit because the people who led, uh, the people who led like the high fives and like the celebrating of teammates probably weren't the first two people that come to mind when I was thinking, oh, well, these guys are going to be at the top of this. And so it was good for us, the coaches, to, um, to know like, man, that more people are doing this than we actually think. And so I think that's a huge benefit to, to anything that you stat. But that was one thing that stood out to me when we did it is I don't know if I originally thought that these guys would have been at the top unless we did that. Yeah. So statting, tracking, measuring, um, you know, let, let's go into three different categories. Let's start with just some intangible things that make sense, and let's go to offense and let's go to defense. Um, so let's stay right here on intangibles for a second. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really important for uh, players to be mindful of, and the reason I think it's important to measure is like what do they bring to practice? Because uh, you could measure anything from you know PGC. We talk about positives per minute, like how many positive things do you say per minute? We say two ppm's per minute mm-hmm. is ideal. If there was a sixty-minute practice, you would have said one hundred and twenty positive things. Well, man, that sounds great, right? When you get into practice, if we were to really track that, I think most players finish sixty minutes with two to five right. you know right. and so being able to say hey if you break it down to him say hey say two positives per minute graham great pass Derek, great shot it took three to four seconds right so you're like i still got 56 seconds of this minute left 
it doesn't seem like that big of a task. But once you start playing and moving and going, it really is a pretty big task. And you have to be super intentional about that. So you could talk, you could track positives per minute. You could track high fives. You could talk. Uh, you could track. Um, what are some other ones that you could think of tracking? Well, really, the the ones that come to mind that kind of add to what you're talking about is we have our own players bring specific things that they need work in. So it could be high fives, right? It could be um, physical touches, physical any touch. kind of physical touch to a teammate. Could be saying something positive exactly. to a teammate. Uh, could be giving reminders. How many right. reminders did you give? I mean, that's a great attribute of a team to build. Um, you know, there's just there's so many different things that you could, like you said. You remember what we did one time with your team was what is everybody going to bring? One guy right. said I'm going to give the most hugs on the team. One right. guy said I'm going to give the most smiles. One guy said I'm going to give the most high fives. Whatever, and we listed all those. And just being able to track what each person did says, hey, here's what you wanted to be accountable for, and here's what you actually did. It was pretty interesting feedback to see if you were actually trending that way. And most players, and honestly, most coaches, we were highly, like you said, we were highly unaware right. of some of the people that were giving a ton of high fives, you know, assuming that the other people were doing most of the work. But um, And so it opened our eyes to you know who could do better and who's doing a great job. So you can not just punish because they're not doing, but also okay. praise because they are doing. Yeah, for sure. And you can even take it a step further to even get more specific. You know, you can have everybody say something that they're bringing to practice, you know, to your point that you just said. And maybe, I don't know how many of you have volunteer assistants out there or just assistant coaches or maybe players that are injured. It's a way to keep them involved. Um, maybe just focus on two or three players of practice. Maybe it's one person because it's hard to see what everybody's doing and are they up living to their or um, living out to their commitment, right? But maybe just two or three guys and say, all right, their their job or their commitment is to bring uh, you know, reminders throughout this entire practice. How many reminders are they actually given? Right? How many times are they actually talking? So I think just narrowing your focus is is really good as opposed to trying to figure out what everybody's doing yeah, throughout and, the and whole I'm, practice. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of tracking it every day. Right. And here's right. the reason I'm not a big fan of tracking intangibles every day is because what you don't want is people having to meet a certain number of high fives and they're doing it. And then it becomes uh, somewhat, I mean, to me, just my own opinion, becomes somewhat artificial. Right. Like, really, it's not who they are. It's not what they're doing. I do think helping, you know, track and give them feedback and giving them numbers helps them to, to have awareness. Right. And that's really what I want out of players in the intangible area is to have awareness of where they're at and where they want to be. Not necessarily do this every day. If you don't get 100, you're doing push-ups, that type of thing. Then it becomes a little bit fake, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, you sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, right? But then once it's pretty consistent for you, then sometimes you'll 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 just tend to, to fake it throughout the rest of the time. Yeah. I would say so. You have to you do have to be conscious and aware of it. Yeah, I think another one I think kind of falls under the intangibles a little bit is. People start tracking like hustle plays, you know, yeah. the, the the little things, and there's a numerous numerous things you could track here. One of the things that I think that we we read as a team or share as a team is the uh, Jay Billis toughness, you know, right. and what really makes toughness. So I think toughness is another category, and there's the obvious ones like number of times on the floor for a loose ball, how many charges taken. Um, but I think there's other ones, and this will fall into offense a little bit, but just little things like. How many screens did you set? Yeah. You know, and, and you could go over, I mean, endless number of what tough looks like. How many times did you hedge the ball screen protect, uh, the way that you're supposed to? How many times did you box out? You know, little things like that that are, are, are really our toughness plays, I think, are also great things to track. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and even, 
again, just building upon these things, like whatever you're wanting to emphasize, whatever you're wanting your brand of basketball to be, I think that's what you should track. At the beginning of the year, we said we wanted to be a really good rebounding team, especially on the offensive end. And so that's what we've done sometimes this year. Right? We've, we've tracked who gets the most offensive rebounds in practice. And we put a, a huge premium on that because we want those guys to get playing time because we want to fetch the ball. Um, and I think that is a, a form of toughness. But um, anything that you're deciding and what you want your brand of basketball to be, you should probably track those things to make sure it's in a line. And I think, yeah, I think it's important what you said there is that it matches up, right? I mean, like all of a sudden you go track deflections. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. But you track deflections, but you're not a pressuring defense. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not the right thing to be tracking. So I think you know the key, the two or three things you want your team to be known for in each category are the things that you should track. So they got to correlate. Um, to, to the way that you're running your offense, your defense, or the way that you're building your culture. Uh, they got to make sure that they match up. So we're going to jump into offense and defense, but let's take a quick break and get a shout-out and a communication tip of the day from our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, I'd like to challenge you. How memorable and portable is your communication? This was recently brought up to me and it was a challenge given to me and it really convicted me to evaluate my communication. Is my communication memorable? Have I narrowed down the points and the themes that I'm trying to communicate and put them in a more memorable format instead of overloading my audience? In return, asking, am I using sticky terms? Am I using language simplified enough that it can be portable with my players and be repeated? This is a challenge I'd like to offer up to you all as well, coaches. How memorable and portable is your communication? Have you simplified it? Have you used appropriate terms where your players can not just remember it, but carry it with them beyond the moment? That is our goal as communicators, and this week, let's all work to create more memorable and portable communication with our players. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping bring everyone all season long from parents, players, and coaches, getting everyone on the same page. Check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to get started today. All right, Graham. Let's jump in. Let's let's start right there on offense. You just you said offensive rebounding is something you know you could track on the offensive end. You know, I, I think one of the things that you can also just go in a little bit deeper in that, and one of the, just made brought to my mind. I started thinking, you know, it's great to track offensive rebounds, but there is a little bit of ambiguity in there. You know, like did the ball go their way? How many attempts they have? I think if you wanted to get even more specific in some things you track, you could track, you know, let's let's say go to the highest level, number of offensive rebounds. If um, you were to go below that, you could track something like number of times that you went to the offensive glass. Right. So you went after the ball. And if you want to go even deeper than that, number of times you went after it out of attempts. So let's say there's 20 shot attempts. You went after it 12 times. So you're going after it 60% of the time. And if your goal is for players to go after it 90% of the time, then you've got to have them going at 18 out of 20. So if you want to get really specific, you could actually you, you know, chart number of shot attempts. Because it's a, it's a great indicator, even like a halftime stat. You know, Sometimes people get fooled by rebounds. How many offensive rebounds do we have? Well, if you shot 60% from the field 
and there was less field goal attempts versus the time when you shot 30% from the field where there's more to track down. You could say, wow, we had 12 offensive rebounds. You could look, wow, we only had three offensive rebounds. But it's not always a telling stat because of percentage-wise. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think you should track. You know, how many times are they doing their job? You know, it doesn't always equate to maybe the stat you want, but are they doing the things that you're asking them? Um, I think it goes to NATO, not attached to right, outcome, right. you know, because, you know, for instance, like um, you could chart screens, you could chart number of screens that led to a shot. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you could, if you wanted to get more efficient screeners. Right. You know, how many times did your guy come off open? You know, maybe he didn't get the shot, but maybe he came off open. You did a great job of setting your screen. Um, each time and then you could go look even deeper you could be like well they only got open twice out of 10 is that the screener's fault or was it the person coming off the screen and then you could dive deeper into becoming a better screening team yeah for sure what are some other offensive ones you could chart yeah i think again this all goes back to what you you know put a premium on or or prioritize i think for us we prioritize inside out threes and so one thing that you know we have tracked before we haven't as much this year but um just paint touches i think that can be the both for offense and defense but if you want to get the ball into the paint to give your teammates better shots better looks you know how many times does a guy get into the paint and uh, make the right read in a practice i think that's a lot of time not saying every person but typically our playmakers we want to make play for others they're getting the ball into the paint a lot and encourage some other players to to realize hey if i want to get so and so a good shot i got to get the ball in the paint a little bit yeah so like for instance Offensively, let's list some off. You know, inside out threes is a good one. Paint touches is a good one. Um, uh, offensive rebounds, number of times you went after um, an offensive rebound is a good one. Any other come to mind? I think, you know, another one we talk about is like number of layups that your offense created yeah. uh, for you. So another good one to track. How many, how many times are we getting a point blank look, you know, at the game? Is it three? Is it eight? Is it 12? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's a good number. I think uh, rhythm threes, you know, not just threes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe that's your emphasis is shooting the three. How many of the 33s you shot were actually in rhythm? How many were contested? Um, you know, cause, you know, your team's going to get better. Not by taking 33s. They're going to take, get better by taking 25 of the 33s uncontested. You know, So how do you create those shots can lead to a better shooting team? Yeah. You know, one that really gets overlooked, I think, it, it, you know, according to a lot of coaches that I've talked to at all level, levels, but just charting shots in general. You know, because it, it's a lot easier to go in there into a drill and players will feel like, man, coach, I'm knocking this down. You know, but in practice, we, we, we were talking about some of our guys the other day and we had an initial feeling about them. Like, man, they're really shooting the ball well in a drill. You know, but then you go into practice and it's like, oh, this is a little bit of a different story. And so charting just overall shots, I think, is crucial in order to know this is who we want on the floor. This is who we want getting shots. And maybe this is a person who we want to get a little bit of a, a less shot attempts, shot attempts more than some other players. So I think just charting shots in general is really good. Yeah, you know, and I really think a lot of times when you do, you know, shooting drills, I know that's not what we're talking about, but we talk about this all the time in our shooting college. Like, you've got to measure it. You yeah. know, like the best shooters I know are trying to go 8 out of 10 from a spot or 7 out of 10 for a spot depending on age, stage, you know, all that different kind of stuff. They're trying to get to a place where, um, you know, because a lot of times feel is not real when it comes to shooting. A lot of times I, I think shooters – approach it the same way that some of us average golfers approach it you know we go out there and we played 18 holes and we played five really good holes and we're really encouraged like we're gonna get better but we forget the other 13 you know added up to 100 strokes 
I think shooters are very much the same way. Yeah. They go out there and they're like, oh, I just banged home that three. Mm-hmm. Forgot that they missed the other nine or, or they made you know two out of ten. They're only 20%. They remember the big three that they made. Yeah. And, and I think that can be really misleading. And that's really hard for players because when we have those conversations, oftentimes we're having a different conversation. They're thinking – I'm making shots, and they're not aware of what percentage of those shots, even in practice drills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. I don't know if that was a knock on uh, on my golf game, but uh, that's exactly what more I do. Of a, more of a knock on my golf game than <laughs> yours. Um, but so, you know, coaches, we'd love to hear what you're charting on the offensive end or what you're charting on intangibles. Let's finish up with this one, Graham, on the defensive end. We talked about it. I think this really goes to your style of play. Are you right. pressuring? Do you want to, uh, deflections? Do you want to chart denials? Do you want to, uh, you know, uh, what, what are the things that you want to do to be able to make your teams – because um, it could be completely different, you know. If you're a team focused on pressure and turnovers, you're track you're you're tracking those type of things. You know, how many turnovers do we get? How many deflections do we get? And if you're a pack line team, let's say, how many paint touches did they get? Right. How many times did we give up a straight line drive? Is another thing that we track. Um, you know, all of those things give you an awareness of whether what you're trying to do philosophically is actually translating over to the games or practices. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and one that I think is big just. Based Based on our defense, um, is this? I think just penetrating passes. You know, oftentimes people just assume, well, don't let the drive get in, don't let the drive, and people forget about the pass. You know, a penetrating pass oftentimes is worse than someone dribbling in there, right? And so we have a rule: no penetrating passes, anything from the perimeter going inside. Um, and so I know that's one thing that you know we should chart more often is is penetrating passes. Yeah, you know, and you could even get player specific, like post players. You know, we've had a little bit of post defense struggles early. I think it's getting better but um you know how many times did they catch in their spot yeah you know and, and i think like uh even on the pressure and on the perimeter how many times did they catch squared up you know versus they had to reach for the ball or they had to step outside of their zone you know everything you can do to make it more difficult and i think you know tracking post touches for the defense is a very specific way for the post player to know like hey you know okay this guy caught it out at seven feet not the end of the world. This guy caught it with two feet in the paint, end of the world, you know, and, right. and letting them know that, you know, you may not have to deny every single pass, but more importantly, you cannot let these passes be completed where people score the ball at a high rate. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Yeah. So then, you know, there's the charges. Um, you know, defensive rebounding is an interesting one. Uh, you know, it depends on your philosophy, and you should have a defensive rebounding philosophy. Like, are you trying to get fours and fives to rebound the ball, or are you trying to get fours and fives just to clear their man out and get guards to rebound? Because you know, we've had a lot of years where guards led us in rebounding or were high, and the focus was the post player not letting their guy get it. So right. we were trying to win the post rebounding battle two to nothing. Right. You know, and, but but uh, the guards would have seven rebounds. You'd be like, well, the posts aren't rebounding, but they may very well be doing their job. So you can only chart according to you know what you're trying to accomplish there. So you can't say, hey, I want the fours and fives to get their man out of here, and the ones, twos, and threes to go clean it up, and then say, man, my fours and fives aren't rebounding. You know, because yeah. that doesn't fit your philosophy, and it's got to match up what you're teaching there. Definitely. You know, I think I think the most important message that we've we've both you know alluded to several times is this. I mean, I, I've come back from like clinics and i've even said like hey coach man we got we got to start tracking deflections well that's not what we've been teaching our guys so why would we chart deflections and so 
we we have to make sure we are tracking the things that we're actually doing and not just tracking it because we heard it somewhere else or somebody else tracks this whatever it might be we got to track the things that we are warning that fits our system but really at the end of the day i would just say track something right because if if we're just guessing and thinking well i think we're good at this then we're probably not that good at it. i think it's important for us to track so we're in the know and our players are in the know as yeah, well yeah and sometimes i think you know how you track matters i mean sometimes you know, going out there and like all of a sudden you hear this episode or you saw it somewhere on the internet and you're like, let's go track these five things. Right. That might be a lot. You know, maybe just start with tracking one thing. Like our defense needs to get better at not allowing penetration into the paint. Just track that one thing. How many did you give up and who gave them up? And you can build from there. And then once they kind of get the hang of that, maybe you add a second one or third one. So I think layering in what you're tracking can also be really influential. So coaches, I mean, there's endless numbers of things, and we'd love to hear what you're tracking offensively, defensively, intangible. So hit us up at uh, at Hardwood Hustle and let us know what you're tracking and why you're tracking it. Uh, We'd love to pick up some tips from you. But uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time, we're out.